a nice week of sunshine in Cyprus. Yes. Uh, nice bit of a tan you've got there. Absolutely. Perfect way to uh, follow that up now. Uh, Saturday in Stoke. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. I'm James Marriott. So coming up, we're going to hear all about Dom's holiday. No, I'm joking, we're not. Uh, we're going to look ahead to the return of the football. Thank the Lord. Stoke away tomorrow. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Bruce and we'll hear from Sam Winnall for the second week in um, in a row. Um, Alpinions. <laughs> Alpinions goes... A little bit dark today. That's my fault. That's coming up later on. I wanted something else. Yeah, yeah. It's my week to pick, and um, yeah, I've gone. I've gone down the doom route. I am firmly taking the title away from you, but we'll come to that a little bit later on. Uh, first of all, I mean, we've got we've got a game to reflect on. First time we've had this problem. We've got no game to talk about. It's all right. We we can think of we can make the news. We can think of other subjects. Just to make some discuss, stuff up, can't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I normally do or get accused of doing. Well, if um, yeah, when we don't when we don't have football to talk about in Sheffield Wednesday World, what's the only other thing that we can talk about? Injuries. It's injuries. Of course, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's player availability um, because I mean, there's been a little bit of movement actually over the last couple of weeks, as you'd expect. International break, bit of a chance for um, for a couple of players to kind of um, yeah do a bit of work and get back fit or whatever. So. Um, um, let's talk. Um, I mean, we'll hear Steve Bruce talk about this in a little bit more depth later on. But let's talk first. Um, so, Gary Hooper. Lots of kind of people say, "Will he be on the bench, Mary, on Saturday?" I think he will be. Yes, uh, yeah, I sneaky yes, feeling. Yes. So uh, while I was away uh, in Cyprus having my uh, beef stefado and uh, <laughs> lamb moussaka, uh, I did notice that Gary Hooper scored in that behind closed doors yep. game against Scunthorpe last week and f- they won 5-1. George Boyd scored two goals as well, I noticed. Uh, Alex Hunt and was it Daniel Padil? I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to show that I've kept in touch. No, no, that's uh, good. I, I was just thinking, you know, do, I, do I do something about uh, George uh, Boyd finding his level or has that been done today? I'll leave it, I'll leave it. I'll leave so it. mean, you really are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I suppose when you add... And that uh, run out that Gary Hooper had to the under-23s game he'd had, I think, the week before, uh, and he's had another two weeks of training, uh, I think uh, with the Stephen Fletcher situation, which I'm sure will come on to very soon, uh, that Gary Hooper will be on the bench. Uh, right. And that will be the first time he'll be on the bench or in the squad since Boxing Day 2017. Good grief. That's a long, long time ago, isn't it? Uh, it would be great. I mean, even... I mean, I guess it depends how the game goes as to whether or not we'll see Gary Hooper on the pitch because I, 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 would you bring Gary Hooper on if you if you need someone to change the game or is it asking too much of him? If it's a kind of, you know, 2 nil up, 10 minutes to go, is that is that the point that you bring on Hooper in a game like on Saturday? Difficult one, yeah. It is tricky. Possibly. You, you don't know, really. With Stephen Fletcher uh, ruled out, then do you just throw Gary Hooper in? There has to be a change up front, and you've got three options. We'll come to the other two in a moment. But uh, I would think that, yeah, Gary Hooper, he's got eight games to earn himself a new contract. And, yeah. Uh, so it's a big period for Gary Hooper. And you also can't forget that, okay... He's not played a competitive match in 15, 16 months, but uh, he was well on course to get 20 goals that yeah. season before his injury. He got into double figures. I think he had a, p- a purple patch of where he got 11 in 11 or something. So he, the he quality's there. Form, yeah, he was banging for him, wasn't he, before he, he picked up that um, that injury. And I remember it was, it was at Fulham, wasn't it? And it was... 
it was really innocuous at the time. It just looked like something and nothing. And then, you know, it's well, nearly two years, isn't it? Well, it's yeah. just not, not been the... Was, not yeah, that's same. right. There was that. And then when he did his most recent hamstring in the Nottingham Forest in the Boxing Day game, that yep. Wednesday, of course, won 3-0, uh, the game after Carlos Carvalho had been sacked. Well, and Lee yeah. Bowen was in caretaker charge. How things have changed since then. Grief. I know. Takes us back. Roll, rolling back the years, aren't we? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, but Gary Hooper, I think if Wednesday uh, are going to... Uh, gate crash the playoffs and sneak their way in then I definitely think that uh, with the quality that Gary Hooper has and even if it's only a 70% Gary Hooper right now uh, that still is a huge asset for Wednesday to have going into these final eight games You're not wrong um, is, is, is it just merely coincidence that Sheffield Wednesday have been generally up until recently generally pretty rubbish since Gary Hooper's been out of the team. Um, and I say that slightly tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, you know, this we we all kind of, you know, when you watch Gary Hooper, you see him play football, you realise he is a really intelligent footballer, that he, he gets you goals, not just by scoring them, uh, and he wins your games because he's got a real good footballing um, footballing brain. He's strong um, and he seems to be able to build up good partnerships with players. And you hear a lot of people talk about a Hooper-Fletcher combination being something that, you know, if, if those two players could stay fit, would be... I mean, it would be something to be reckoned with at the championship. It, it's kind of a bit of a shame that, you know, Stephen Fletcher's at that point, and he's actually, you know, he's banging form, but he's at that point where he's very much back end of his career, isn't it? And it's a shame that there's not been a point over the last kind of two, three years that that Hooper-Fletcher combination's had a chance to really shine because that would be dangerous in this league. Oh, yeah, it really would. We saw it at the end of the 2016-17 season when... Hooper was in the team and uh, he was playing alongside Fletcher, the way that they link up and uh, they just had this sort of telepathic understanding almost at times and with the experience they've got and the finishing prowess of, uh, of Hooper, for me he is so clinical when he's bang in form uh, there can't be many forwards um, who are better in front of goal in the championship than him Absolutely. Um, so, other options. What's the situation with Lucas Zhao? So, Lucas Zhao is training again. He had that injection in his knee um, a couple of weeks ago. He, of course, he hasn't played any football since the Swansea home game where he was taken off before the hour mark. Uh, and this is why it's a really difficult you know, selection that Steve Bruce is going to have this weekend. It's a, it's a match that... You, I, I would take a draw. I, I, I'm sure we might come on to it more in depth later. But uh, you know, Wednesday be looking at it with the momentum they've got and what they need to do to get into the top six. And with that two point gap that there is at the moment, they've got to be targeting with how you know, well Stoke have been performing for maybe a win. And so you've got to go with your strongest lineup and the guys who are fittest or who you feel are going to make the biggest impact uh, in in that game. Uh, and so, what do you do with Lucas Schwell, who's not played a competitive game uh, for over a month? And those last two performances, he did struggle. Uh, yeah. And so, that will be in the back of, I think, Steve Bruce's mind. Will he look at it and go, I I'll have Lucas Schwell on the bench as a trump card, as we know what he can do off the bench with half an hour to go? I think he might go down that route. Or, 
Or do you have Fernando Forestieri as your trump card? No, I think I just have a sneaky feeling. There's nothing that, uh, or no reason why I should feel like this, but I believe uh, that Fernando Forestieri is going to start. And I think the front two will be Forestieri and Sam Winnell. Right, okay. I mean, this raises so many questions and so many points. Um, I know there's never anything been officially said about it. Everyone knows that there was an issue between those two way back when. Uh, we remember, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the Sam, Sam Winnell, the last game that he started for Wednesday when he scored against QPR. Uh, and it was pretty obvious who he was having a bit of a, a waggle of the finger at in the, uh, in the stands. Um, we're assuming, obviously, that's all resolved this i mean it could either be genius and work brilliantly or it could be a total disaster well it could be and then i suppose the other person to throw into the mix is atty new you uh, fresh off the back of scoring against blackburn before the international break yep. so do you go with the little and large combination i i think i would persevere with sam winnell and then it's really a case of uh who you go and select alongside him and Atty knew you when he came off the bench, of course, in the Derby game. Yep. They both made an impact and did well. So uh, there could be the temptation there for Steve Bruce to go with Atty knew you and Sam Whittle. And I wouldn't be surprised if he went down that route. But I just think if you're looking for that bit of magic yep. and inspiration and knowing that you've got Gary Hooper and Lucas Schwell on the bench to call upon already, that I would be really thinking I'd maybe give Fernando Forestieri an hour and see how he goes on. He has trained this week, and so I I just think that, yeah, um, you hope and look for Forestieri to turn it on and, you know, produce something special that, you know, as we know, he can be that match winner. Okay, interesting stuff. I, I like the idea of Forestieri and Winnell starting. I, I do like that idea. Um, I think you've got a bit more kind of flexibility with those two bearing in mind you know we're talking about Stoke away they're a team that came down from the Premier League last season you consider Sam Winnall an out and out striker you consider um, Ati Nuyu he's kind of a he's sort of a target man isn't he but he's an out and out striker do you play two out and out strikers away at Stoke I mean you'd be pretty brave to to do that um, Steve Bruce would have to be, you know, really going for it to to do that by playing Fernando Forestieri. You've got a bit more flexibility in terms of the fact that that can be a front two when it needs to be. But Fernando Forestieri will, will, will drop back into midfield, and um, you know, we, he's almost a box to box midfielder when the when the mood takes him, isn't he, Fessy? So um, it's it's kind of it's got a bit more flexibility. I can see a game like this away at Stoke. They've not been in great form, although they've ever so slightly started coming back into form haven't they, in the last couple of weeks. But it's not going to be an easy game, and, and, and Steve Bruce is not daft. And this is the kind of game that Steve Bruce will know how to win because he's been there, those teams that have been up and been down, and uh, everything's kind of like the chips are against them. They come, I mean, they were favourites to bounce back and go straight back up. And I mean, we'll talk more about Stoke a little bit later on. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I do like that thought. Um, Stephen Fletcher, obviously, then is, is, is going to be out of, of this one and and it feels almost like that we've reached this inevitable point he's had a, you know a couple of kind of close shaves with injuries recently and he's kind of you know a few games where he's been off and then um obviously kind of ruled himself out of the um the, the, the Scotland game um he does he, he 
Kind of needs a bit of a break now, doesn't he? He needs a bit of a rest. They have to look after him, they do. He's had ankle, knee problems, and then he went off against Blackburn with a groin problem. So another new injury. Yeah. And they they can't afford to play Stephen Fletcher when he's not 100% match fit. With, with the form he's in, five goals, I think, in the last six games, they need a fit and firing Stephen Fletcher for the majority of what remains of this season. And so if he has to sit out Stoke for him to then be... Uh, firing on all cylinders for Villa and Nottingham Forest and Leeds, and that could be the defining week in the season. You know, regardless of how Wednesday go on this weekend, even if they were to lose, it, it, those three games we're going to know one way or another. I think yeah. whether Wednesday is still in the in with a chance, in with a squeak. Uh, of uh, making that top six, I love that. In with a squeak has just—it's become—it's—it is the Sheffield Wednesday phrase now. I've never heard it before. I've, it must be a northeast thing. I've never heard anyone say it. I can't say I have. No, <laughs> I just keep thinking of a mouse. In with a squeak. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, the, there are probably another uh, you know half dozen players that we could talk about at this point, since we're covering um, injuries. But um, Lazar, any update there? He's running again. Uh, I I still, you know, the target was always for him to be back for April, and obviously it will be April next week. Uh, so I think that um, he could maybe figure in that program that that run of three matches that I touched yeah. on before, okay. and I think that would be really important too, as that's going to be all hands to the pump. So Wednesday need the strength and depth in the squad and the players that they have, at, you know, at the you know, at their disposal. That's going to be really important for that that run of games as yep. like I say I, st- I think that's going to be a crucial period uh, there's not a lot for us to reflect on from from the international break generally um other than I mean me, me and Nancy last week when when we were recording was actually during the um Scotland I'm, I'm gonna have to say debacle it's the only way I can describe it really um which was Liam Palmer making his international debut I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals I don't want to kind of dwell on that I'll go over that all I'm gonna um say is do you, is there a risk of because uh, Liam Palmer's been in great form confidence has been high but Wednesday have been winning is there a chance that that knocks him back from a Wednesday point of view you know kind of that that being his his debut and then obviously kind of dropping out of the team for the next game I don't think so he's really. made a stronger stuff yeah absolutely you know, if anything I think he should still be high as a kite from the fact that he's made his uh, Scotland debut when he, he for a long period would have thought that it wasn't on the cards and it wasn't going to happen for him and that he'd almost became the forgotten figure of Scottish football having <laughs> represented them at the youth levels and under, made what, eight or nine caps, I think it was, for the under-21s. So the fact that uh, his Scotland career has, has been resurrected and he's, in, and he's OK, he's, he's played and featured in a, uh, in a match which will go down as one of the worst results in Scottish history in recent memory... Uh, that's like you say. None of the goals are his fault. So, uh, I I look at it now purely from a positive um, point of view. Really, that uh, Liam Palmer's coming back, having represented his country for the first time, and he's playing brilliantly at club level. So, I see no reason why that won't continue. That's not very doom. 
Well, no, it's you've taken up the mantle. Oh, I don't like you? this. Um, such is the extent of the injury situation at Sheffield Wednesday at the moment. We can, we're actually going to split this into two parts. We'll come back to injuries uh, and we'll talk about what's happening in terms of midfield and uh, who's going to be available on Saturday uh, when we come to um, the Stoke kind of preview in a moment. Um, first of all, let's, uh, after a, a week where we didn't hear from him last week, uh, let's get the squeak update. Um, and uh, here's the latest from Steve Bruce. You probably couldn't have asked for a tougher run in than what you've done. No. Um, so if you do pull it off and get into the or something, does that even make it an even bigger achievement? I've only started taking notice of it in the last week when we won last week against Blackburn and with the international break was, well, let's give us a squeak. Mm. You know, I never really looked at the fixture list after that. You, you knew what you were planning on doing. and So I'm not really bothered about it achievements or anything like that, we've got a chance, which with eight games to go is great, great for the supporters, great for everybody concerned that we'll give ourselves a chance, uh, let's hope we can grasp it. Is there anything that you have specifically been working on over the last fortnight? Well a lot have been away, a lot have been away, um, so it's pretty much of what we've set in place really, you know, training's all around, uh, revolved around intensity and playing with a different intensity and and that's what we've all tried to work on. Of course, over the last two, three months was always about defensively right. And thankfully, we're now starting to score a goal. So, um, touch wood. It sort of keeps it the same way. Has everybody returned from international duty? Well, the only one I haven't seen is Hector. The physios yesterday said he arrived late. And you can imagine, he was in Costa Rica on Wednesday. So it's never easy. But everybody else has come back okay. The ones who've been here for the last couple of weeks are all okay. So, yeah, they're okay. Do you have to be mindful of that when it's a long Yeah, well, it's not, not easy. It's not easy, so we could have done without Hector being in Costa Rica, but hey, that's what it is, you know, so he's he's back. Hopefully get the rest required. Hopefully he's not too jet-lagged and, uh, and perform the way he has been. Uh, Fletcher, <laughs> what's, what's going to be the full prognosis with him? He's still high, highly doubtful. Obviously, we're going into Friday today and we'll give him as long as possible. Um, but, you know, I've seen all this nonsense written about him and spoken about him, which I think well, anybody would upset him. Like, you know, at the end of the day, he had to come off in the last game. You know, so he was genuinely injured with half an hour to go. You know, we were 1 0 at the time and we have to take what's centre forward off. Not ideal. So I wish people would do their homework on him and before writing these awful stories about him. But anyway, listen, he's got a chance, outside chance. Um, that goes for Hooper, that goes for Jao. At least you've got, at least maybe not for tomorrow, the, the options are starting to get bigger and bigger for, for the first time in a long time in that, area of the, in that area of the team. Yeah, I think the most difficult thing, obviously, is, is, is the period of time that a lot of them have been out. You know, so you know you've got to be mindful of that. You, you know, it's all right getting yourself back on the pitch, but obviously that's a different format to you know being thrown into the hurly burly. I mean, it's good to see them knocking around the squad again. That's for sure. I haven't even seen them myself, but I'm also mindful of the fact that a lot of them have been out a long, long time. So you can't just expect them to come in with eight games to go and and you know. 
hit the ground running like we all would imagine. Let's hope one of them can do, but I know how difficult that is. Do you think it though, between them, might actually raise their own levels of intensity so the fitters will have to be on the game? Well, that always, the biggest weapon I've always got is competition for places. And, um, and the more you've got as a manager, more options you've got, then obviously the better. Sam Wiggles played seven times now to varying degrees of length. Could he do 90 minutes now? <clears throat> well, I thought he had done, you know, I thought the two cameo substitute roles he did, he did exceptionally well. I thought last week it was it was a little step too far for him. That was two weeks ago. And that's what we have to guard against. But out of necessity, you know, Forestieri was injured, Jao was injured, uh, Hooper was still not quite right, so out of necessity we, we started him. So the more time he get, gets, the better. And there you go, seven bits of games is just what I'm talking about, you know, after being out such a long time. Uh, and the next game is Stoke City, who continue to surprise by being well. They're fifteenth at the moment. Why? Why do you think they've not? They're not. I've, I've, I've witnessed it a couple of times. I've been involved with clubs which lose their Premier League status, and it is very, very difficult to lift the spirit and the morale, especially if you've been there a few years, like Stoke. You know, I had the I had the bits and pieces to pick up at Aston Villa too, similar sort of thing. You know, where you're a big Premier League club and all of a sudden now you've been relegated, had a bad season and all of a sudden you end up in the Championship and if you're not mentally prepared for it or you're not ready for the challenge of it, then it can come and bite you on the, on the backside. And uh, they've found it difficult. And I think that's, the, that's why we're all sitting here, you've just said it. You look at the names on paper and you look at the squad they've got and you think, wow, they should be doing better. But, the championship, as we keep saying, is unforgiving if you're not if you're not ready for it. Most Wednesday fans obviously want to see Stoke play, but can look at the results. Is it is it a fair assessment to say that Nathan Jones has gone in and tried to steady the ship first rather than a, a big revolution because they're drawing an awful lot of games right now? Yeah, they've drawn they've drawn a lot of games. I mean, you know, all of a sudden they've changed manager twice in a year, haven't they? So that always gives you an indication that things aren't great. Um, the boy Jones has gone in there and and want to have his. I'm, I'm sure he's like every manager, you go in there and the one thing you're hoping to do really is, is let results turn you around a little bit. And um, you know, that eases the pressure on everybody, a few results. So um, we hope that we just concentrate on ourselves. Let's enjoy the road, the roller coaster, enjoy the ride, starting with Stoke. We've got eight games in the next six weeks. That's difficult games at that. There couldn't have been a more difficult run in. However, you know, we've got them all to play around us, which it's in our hands. The fact then, yeah, the fact that they are six pointers, does it does that help? I mean it certainly sets the standard, doesn't it? There's no game when you can go, oh we'll get something over them because they're struggling, etc. They're all it's it's stuck, it's a bit of a knee. Look, no disrespect, the most difficult game I think I've had is Rotherham away, they were in third bottom. I think it has no Millwall away, they were fourth bottom. You know, in the first half we could have lost the game. I don't think there's any gulf. I don't think there's a big gulf between top and bottom, and that's why the championship we keep talking about. That's what the championship is. There's no gulf between the top and bottom. You've got a chance in every game. So, can we do the basics well? Can we be this threat going forward, which in the last couple of weeks 
all of a sudden we've scored four and a three and we're starting to see what we can do at the other end of the pitch now. So um, let's hope, fingers crossed. Has the, has the plan over the international have you, well apart from obviously getting bodies back, has there been any tweaks to the plan or is it just no. improvement on what you've been doing? No, I think, um, I think it's, it's been good that it gives everybody a little break from it. Certainly with the niggles and the knocks and Fletcher for example. If that had been last Saturday, you've got no chance. So it's enabled us to do that. It's enabled us to have a regroup of where we are, what we've got. We know the challenge ahead. We'll give ourselves a chance, a right good chance. So let's hope we can grasp it. Other issues, Forest Dieri had his court case that came and went. Now that he's got that I put hope. it to one side. I hope because you know it's been hanging over him and that picked up the pieces of it in the last six to eight weeks since I've been here um, and looking at it from afar did it really have to go that far and go to court and all the rest of that I'm not so sure it did it didn't but in my opinion warrant um, going to court and the money that that's cost um, for something which is, was dismissed handsomely however let's hope we can just get on with playing the game now <coughs> and we can see Forestier area at his best over the next six weeks he certainly he certainly looks okay, he looks fit, he looks good in himself. I'm sure yesterday, I'm sure yesterday, we'll give him, we'll give him a big boost as well. Because regardless of how convinced you are, you're innocent, everybody gets nervous, I suppose. Was it, was it a mental challenge? Yeah, it's been hanging over him for a while. and No matter how tough you are and what you are, you go to a day in court and somebody accusing you of something. Um, it's not, uh, not easy just to dismiss. Um, so I hope it takes the weight off his shoulders and he goes and enjoys himself. But certainly when he's playing with a smile on his face, he's a good player. It was kind of like a week of, of, of not going to visit the parents, not hearing from Steve Bruce last week. I kind of, I, I, this fatherly kind of figure that's come into our lives over the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was sad to have a week without hearing from him. So good to hear those, those dulcet tones again. Um, right. Okay. So, um, Stoke obviously tomorrow, um, we've talked about kind of the, let's say, Quandary of who starts up front. It's kind of a good quandary for us to to have. There's options there. Uh, Midfield-wise, Hutch and Bannon, we're hoping they're going to go straight back in. Yeah, they're fit. They're available. They've trained this week. So, yeah, no problems there. I expect them to line up together in the centre of midfield. Yeah, no problems. And I think, I didn't know this actually, Rolando Aaron's had a knock, uh, a slight minor one after the Blackburn match, but he's okay. Uh, And so the midfield four, yeah, I, I would imagine that um, with a bit of luck, it'll be unchanged. It's not actually, I mean, we, we kind of bemoan the injury situation, but that's that's not bad actually, is it for us? There, there's there's you know a fairly strong squad. There's a lot of good options there. Um, a lot of the team pretty much picks itself. Uh, that's not a bad situation to be in. You know, we we with the consistency that we've had under Steve Bruce, it's great that that can um, continue. Um, big old game, isn't it? Big oh, old game. Yeah, it really is. It, this is uh, as Steve Bruce um, said only this week, that the hard work, it starts now. So Wednesday, one defeat in the last 16 matches, 11 unbeaten. They have form, they have momentum, they have confidence, and they have to keep it going. It's as simple as that. There is very little margin for error, 
And I, um, I, I'm convinced really that I think six wins from the last eight will do it. But it's such a tall order. It's a tall order with the the fixtures that they've got. They've had actually the easier set of games against those teams in and around the bottom six and your Reddings and Millwalls and uh, Rotherhams. And they could have maybe got more points from those matches that I, m- I mentioned. And I just wonder if they will come back to haunt Wednesday. Yeah. But in some ways, it's in their hands as they're playing teams in and around them, as w- as we've mentioned before. So uh, it's it's just huge. And, and the Stoke one, it's a, it is a tough place to go. They've really underachieved this season. But you still go through the, the spine of their team and the players that they've got in attacking positions, and it's 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 scary that they are fifteenth. It's just shows you how mental this championship and unforgiving it is that they've come down from the Premier League with the parachute payments, spent big money on Benny Kafobi and Tom Ince, and then they've got people like James McLean and uh, Joe Allen still there, and uh, Charlie Adam, and you think. Wow. They should be wiping the floor with a lot of uh, the teams at this level, but it just goes to show that if you have any complacency whatsoever and you then go through the management upheaval that they've had with Gary Rower and now Nathan Jones, who did a stu- superb job at Luton, you know, he, he would have, if he'd stayed there, I mean, really, the promotion that Luton are going to get and they're going to be in the Championship next year is largely down to Nathan Jones, but I think he's quickly realised that uh, this is a... A project for him at Stoke and that his job is on turning him into promotion contenders for next season but they want to finish this season on a high themselves and they've got plenty to play for and I think the last three matches they haven't scored and it's been three three nil nil draws so uh, he's making them harder to be and I expect them to be well organised mm-hmm. difficult to break down so Wednesday may have to be patient and when they get their opportunities they have to take them yeah, I mean, we we don't want to look too far ahead, but you look at that string of fixtures that we've got. I mean, you look at the the last eight. Uh, you've got Norwich and Leeds away. Immediately, they're hard games. You know, there's no doubting about that. Um, you look at games like Villa at home. That's that's just huge, isn't it? And then you look, yeah, you know, Forest at home. There are there are no games coming up in this last eight that are easy games. The only one that I would say is probably QPR yeah. at home on the last day, but by that point, it could already be done and dusted. I think the Preston away is another one. Big, big Again, game, yeah. They, they are one of the form teams in the league, and that's why, yeah, I, I think for Wednesday, you get a draw at Stoke, or if you, again, if you come away with a win, brilliant, and you're really applying the pressure still, going into back-to-back home matches, and Wednesday have been outstanding at Hillsborough, not lost since November, and so their fancy their chances. Big crowd will come for the Aston Villa home match. Yep. Steve Bruce will, of course, he desperately want to win that after the way that uh, he was treated at Aston Villa and the way things ended there. Uh, so that left a bitter taste in his mouth. And and Nottingham Forest, who are also in that hunt and in the mix for the top six. So it's all to play for. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just huge, huge games. Tell you what, it, it's... I mean, I've kind of got two points here. First of all, and we've said this in a number of different ways, I'm just absolute, you know, fair play to Steve Bruce and his team for the fact that we're even having this conversation with eight games to go. And it has become, and, and I've played it down, it has become, we are serious contenders. And, and I, I almost don't want to admit that because I was so like, nah, it's silly talk about the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, it, it's happening. You look at Bristol City with the two games in hand and think, well, is it in their hands? And then you look at their form and think, well... 
it's wide open. It really is wide open. Um, and you would have faith in someone like Steve Bruce to know how to keep a lid on this situation at this end of the season with, with this kind of group of players who've kind of been through quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just... It's yeah, it, it, it's it's incredible that we're having this conversation and uh, and and fair play, um, fair play to them. Um, and there was something else that I wanted to say, and it's gone, so it can't have been. It was, it was probably rubbish anyway. It can't, be, it can't have been all that um, all that important. Oh no, that was the uh, that was the other point was that uh, the international break. I mean, international breaks always fall at an interesting time. Uh, it kind of feels like maybe the run of games that we've had with Steve Bruce and the run of form that we've had. Bearing in mind, some of those games were what you would class on paper as being maybe easier games in, in this league. That feels like it's been the honeymoon. Now we've had this period and now uh, to coin another cliche and it is, you know, it's the, the cliche show tonight. Uh, it's the business end now, isn't it? The, these are the the games that are the proper test, and we'll we'll really get a feel for how uh, resolute Steve Bruce has been able to turn this group of players. I think after probably within the next fortnight, maybe even actually within the next week, we'll we'll get a good feel for um, for, for 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 who Sheffield Wednesday under Steve Bruce really are. If Wednesday pull it off, then they deserve to be in the top six. With the they've got yeah, probably the hardest running. Um, of all the teams up there. So if they win six out of the eight remaining matches, that puts them on 73 points. They would be bang on lucky to miss out on the top six. Usually 73 to 75 points gets you that last spot um, in the playoffs. But this is what's intriguing about the championship right now is that it's not just sixth spot that's up for grabs. It's fifth as well. Middlesbrough falling away and you've got Derby who historically fall away, a bit like Leeds United. Uh, So... This is why it's going to be a fascinating end to the season. It is really, really interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, the the number of points that you normally need it might not be the case this season. There's no one that's in uh, amazing form, really. There's a couple of teams that have been a little bit lower down. You probably look at Preston, probably look at Wednesday, actually, and kind of say, you know, there's teams that are in decent form. We'll, we'll, we will have to see. Uh, memories of um, games against Stoke, not not plentiful, I think is, um, is, is fair to say. I was kind of thinking back to uh, that two-all game at, at Hillsborough earlier in the season, which just feels like an absolute age ago. That doesn't it? it? Almost feels like was that actually this season? I mean, it's got to be because it's only been it's certainly was. For a while. I think that was after the international break as well. I think it was the first, uh, yeah, game after Wednesday. That's right. Wednesday were in the playoffs. Jos Lukai, they'd won two-one at Reading. And so I think they were they were up there, and in fact they made the best start under Dave Ponchanceri since he took wow. over. Yeah, we, I know that's quite a low base in terms of how well Wednesday usually being the slow starters that they are start. But I remember from that game the most what, probably one of the most virtuoso performances from an individual this season, and that was Barry Bannon who was immense that day. Barry Bannon carried that midfield, uh, scored a great free kick, and uh, yeah, that definitely for me is right up there with one of the best individual displays I've seen. Uh, and the only other memory I have of Stoke is the one game before that, which was the... I'm not going to say it was a missed opportunity. It was a, it was a tough tie. Mark Hughes' Stoke in the Carabao Cup, the quarterfinals of, under Carlos. Yep. That was the, the great run that Wednesday had in beating Premier League, Newcastle and Arsenal. And then they lost 2-0 and it... They just were outclassed a little bit. It just looked like one game too many for them. And uh, yeah, Stoke, 
we can always guarantee is uh, even in March, it will be freezing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was really annoyed about that um, Stoke Cup game. Um, not necessarily because we lost the game, but if you remember, that's when Tom Lee's picked up an injury and he was out for quite a while after yeah. that. Um, I've got to think, was there someone else that hobbled off as well that, that game? And it just felt like when we were in with you know, such a, a good shout of, of promotion um, that going hell for leather in a cup that we were never going to win. Um, I kind of thought it was a bit of a bit of a mistake, but I've, n- I've not really been, I think when you're in the championship, it's hard to be a fan of the cups because you're not really in, I mean, Millwall have obviously kind of proved that wrong a little bit by the boom that they've had, although obviously they, they went out of the FA Cup anyway. Um, but I, I just kind of feel like when you're up there or thereabouts in the championship, it's, kind of a waste of resource to concentrate on those cup games that said the Arsenal night was a magnificent night but we'd all rather have taken promotion than beating Arsenal 3-0 at home yeah I agree but uh, yeah that's 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 that um, right let's hear a bit from inside the Wednesday camp and um, I mean we heard from him last week I loved hearing his voice so we pulled a few strings and we managed to get him again so uh, let's hear the thoughts of Sammy Winnell Sam how is confidence in that yeah, it's really, really high. Um, but without getting carried away at the same time, you know, we kind of know what's been working for us. We know that we've we've performed when we've worked hard and when we've put in, you know, a real shift. And that's where the results have not so much changed for us because I think our hard work's always been there. But I feel as if we've improved on that hard work and then results have improved at the same time um, and we know that we can't get ahead of ourselves we can't think right we've given ourselves a chance now we can take our foot off the gas it doesn't work like that we know that we have to maintain this hard work and probably up it another couple of percent um, and that's what we want to do and I suppose that's something that we're not allowing ourselves to do is not, not get ahead of ourselves What would it mean to you personally to help I mean, it's, it's everyone's dream, isn't it? As a footballer starting out, you know, you want to play in the Premier League, you want to play against the best players in the world, you want to play at the best stadiums, and you want to do it on a weekly basis. And you know, I mean, it's 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 the promised land, isn't it, for for players in the Championship, especially for players like myself who've never actually made an appearance in the Premier League. You know, it's it's something that you you chase forever until someone until you have to. <laughs> call it a day so you know we're quite confident in ourselves but we're not getting ahead of ourselves either so we need to just keep going about our business and just see what see what happens really I know you said that you're taking each game that comes and focusing on one at a time but with eight matches left what do you think you're going to need points wise to get into the playoffs I must admit I haven't had a chance to look, look that far that far ahead or that into it because like I say, you don't you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You don't want to go looking at every single game, thinking right, there's a three points there, there's a one point there, whatever. Because the championship isn't like that. It's impossible to read. So all we're doing is, like I say, it's the old cliche, but you take every game as it comes, and you just aim to win every game, and that's what we'll do until it's mathematically impossible for us to be anywhere. So that's what we'll have to do is just keep keep going and, and keep trying to, to work hard and get points on the board. With, with how unpredictable the championship is, can you actually see that race for the playoffs going down to the last game? 
it normally does. Yeah, I mean, you look. You only have to look over the last few seasons. Um, I did Derby last year. I mean, it's it's nothing's ever set. It seems until the last day. Um, but like I say, I mean, that's still you know a month and a half away. Like it's still still quite a while away. Main focus now is still to keep our feet on the ground, keep doing what we've been doing, and make sure that it starts again tomorrow, getting three points. Coming back to you, what what was it like and has been like playing with a mask on over the last few weeks? It's been um, strange, I must admit. I mean, thankfully, I don't have to wear it anymore, so that's a bit of a bonus for me. It's um, no, it was, to be honest, it was great because. I was un- I was quite worried because I'd just got myself into a stage where I was, you know, giving myself a chance to be in the squad and then I have a bad kind of nose break, which makes you think, oh God, is it another, is it going to keep me out? But, you know, the physios here and the doctor here was great for me. They found a place where I could go and get one built, which allowed me to play. And that's all I wanted to do, you know. I, was, I didn't want to miss any more time. I've, I've been patiently waiting for... For months, so I was like, I was so itching and to get back, and I'd worked so hard. So I was just thinking, you know, I just wanted to play no matter what. And um, although it wasn't ideal, you know, it still it, it gave me a chance to play. It gave me a chance to to come and give myself a chance. So thankfully, I don't have to wear it again. Um, but you know, I was thankful that I, it still gave me a chance to play. Well, the lads calling you sorry. <laughs> it was. It was a bit. You know, flamboyant for the first first day, and the lads were kind of uh, a bit like, "What what are you doing?" But um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like the novelty ran off after the first day, I think. So, but like I said, I was just thankful that I, I was able to play really because I didn't want to spend any more time on the sidelines, especially for a facial injury that isn't affecting my my actual body. It was just more a protect protection really. And just going back to January, there was obviously a lot of talk at the time that there was interest in maybe taking you out on loan. Was there ever any temptation for you to go out on loan? Um, or did you just say from the outset to the manager, no, that you wanted to stay and find your place there? Yeah, my attitude was always kind of along the lines of that I wanted to stay here. Um, you know, I, I like it here. I like, I like playing football here. I like the lads. I like coming to work every day. And I had belief in myself that if I worked hard enough, I'd get a chance. Um, and I've kind of proved that to myself, I've proved that to other people that, you know, I'm not scared to work, I'm not scared to have competition, I want to put in the work, I want to put in the, the, the minutes and I want to be successful for this football club because this is a football club I'm, I'm contracted to. So that was my focus from, from the off really when the new management come in, I made that clear to them and they were, you know, they were they were happy with that. Really, they want they obviously want players that want to play for them, and and I was one of them. So, hopefully, I can continue to to show that kind of attitude and work right, and hopefully the the gaffer and the coaching staff will reward me with with more minutes on the pitch. And managed praise you a lot over the last couple of weeks, and said you feel that you've not only proved a point to yourself, but also to him to show him what you can do and what the game time is giving. Yeah, of course. And I mean, that was kind of a massive confidence boost for me, really. I mean, having the start against Blackburn was not just obviously, it was obviously lovely, but it was, it was, uh, it was a massive relief for me. And it felt really special because obviously when you've been out for so long, 
you have kind of doubt you do you start not to doubt yourself but you start to doubt right how, how long is it going to take before i'm starting to feel good again and, and stuff like that and the fact that the gaffer was you know handed me the start it was a massive confidence boost for me and it's something that like i was i was really really pleased with and uh, thankfully we got the win and and now now i've got that first start out of the way it's all about getting more minutes and hopefully getting more starts and, and hopefully getting more goals he has, I mean, there's a slight Birmingham twang there, isn't it? Just a slight Birmingham twang. Um, speaking of Birmingham, um, stuff obviously that's happened in the last couple of weeks. If anyone's not listened to it, we did cover this to, to, to some extent in Owls About Stat, but um, good to get your thoughts on the the Birmingham situation and the, the relevance for, for Sheffield Wednesday. So Birmingham deducted nine points, um, and that'll be... Um, immediately for this season so um yeah your your kind of thoughts on that it's a slap on the wrist but nowhere near severe enough for me they were talking about 12 point deduction uh, what i can't get my head around um about this situation is that so they were charged in august for breaching profitability and sustainability rules were birmingham and why has it taken until nearly the end of march for this to be heard and decided i think that's absolutely ridiculous uh, and so fair enough put the, they've punished them but i think they've given him the the tamest punishment that they could and there was talk of 12 points and if it had been 12 points then that would have put them right in the relegation mire there would have been two points above the bottom three and uh, they didn't just break the rules remember as well they blatantly ignored them because yeah, yeah. they were under uh, the soft embargo and the EFL were working very closely with them. And then what do they go and do? Oh, they go and sign a Danish player in Pedersen for two or three million uh, when they weren't allowed to or supposed to. And, um, you know, so they'd already exceeded the allowed losses of PNS. So that's 39 million and that was by 10 million. And then they signed Pedersen. Uh, and so it, it, I just think that EFL, for me, it's a bit of a cop-out, really. And I just look at it and think that um, they, they, they've they set a precedent here, and which the up, the upshot, of course, for Wednesday yep. is that uh, you, Wednesday will look at this and turn around and go, they've been in constant dialogue with the EFL about their PNS situation. And so Wednesday will um, very much fancy the chances of, if they do get a punishment and if they have a points deduction in the future, that they didn't come down hard on Birmingham. So why are they going to do that if it's if it's Wednesday? I think they could realistically be kind of hoping if it's a points deduction that you're looking at maybe two or three points for Wednesday because they, um, I mean, we don't know the extent of the breach. It might be that Wednesday's breach is bigger than Birmingham's, although it's kind of hard to see that because Birmingham just went... They just went crazy for a couple of years, uh, but it's possible. But that's it. You know, Wednesday uh, have have complied with the EFL a heck of a lot better than uh, Birmingham have, and Birmingham seem to have been um, a little bit kind of arrogant about it, a little bit aggressive about the way that they've dealt with it. Whereas Wednesday, I think have 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 worked really, really hand in hand with the EFL and done things the way that they should do when it became apparent. All right, there's going to be there's going to be issues. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how things um, uh, kind of unfold from here because there's a real argument that if if the EFL do come down hard on a team like Wednesday, um, then. 
there's there's a lot of scope there to go back and there's a lot of scope for appeals and say hang on you can't you know we didn't flaunt any any uh, rules we we had a go and it didn't work and um you know since uh, the embargo came in we've uh, you know, complied with absolutely everything that, that you've asked us to do uh birmingham go out and just ignore you uh, and that you know they 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 it's I mean, they've effectively got away with it because they're not going to get relegated, and, no. and it doesn't matter whether or not they finish fourth from bottom or tenth in the league, does it? If you don't, uh, the only thing for them is they're not going down. They get a fresh run at things next season, and yeah, you know, they'll probably still will have um, issues for for the next kind of two or three years, Birmingham, and and rightly so. Um, but it's uh, I've got to go with the positives from this. That it what it does is it it means that you know I've really feared the worst for for our situation is that it implies that actually the EFL have kind of put a bit of a mark in the sand here which is we talk the talk a bit but actually yeah. we'll be we'll be pretty lenient with uh, with most people so um you know that's that's got to be a good thing for Wednesday De- yeah definitely for me with Birmingham when I look at them it's that they had a wages to turnover ratio of around 200 percent that crazy. is madness and and that is completely disregarding the rules and uh, fair enough Harry Redknapp and Gianfranco Zola uh, they're largely to blame, by all accounts, for uh, the millions that they've spent uh, but, but, on players and wages in chasing the Premier League dream. Yeah. They were reckless, though. They were reckless because the Birmingham owner himself, in the case, said um, that he gave Harry Redknapp free reign to spend whatever on wages. That he, the, the owner, says, "Yeah, I didn't even didn't even occur to me to try and put um, limits on it." That is reckless. That is just absolutely reckless. Um, we we know that Chancery spent money, right? He's, he's he's definitely invested money. We also know that he's he's a business guy, and if he can pay someone five grand less a week in wages, then he would do that. He wouldn't just say, "Yeah, just pay whatever." You know, he is he's sensible, and 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 you know, there's the, uh, a lot of different opinions about the way that that Mr. Chancery has gone about things, and that's a discussion for another day. Uh, but he's certainly not been reckless in the way that Birmingham were reckless. So. Um, the cases could not be far apart in a lot of ways, and if if Wednesday get a similar punishment, I'll be I'll be fuming. Yeah, and uh, actually, the other thing that you have to say to Wednesday's credit is that the chairman has constantly banged the drum and said that oh, he's warned that the soft embargo it could be on its way um, for next season, or it, it could you know this is where Wednesday they could struggle to do transfer business in the future. He's never hidden from that, and so. That openness and transparency, it's hard to hear, but um, he has been up front and told the fans. And so you do have to uh, respect that. Uh, and, and like you say, I think we've already seen signs that Wednesday are changing their approach under Steve Bruce and that they have learned, hopefully, from the mistakes that they have made on the recruitment, which we've discussed before. Uh, and that can only stand them in good stead uh, in the future. Just finally, before we uh, move on from this, a bit of talk about whether or not Wednesday could already be under a soft embargo. Do you buy that? What's your thoughts? Uh, Not as far as I understand or am aware. I I do not think that they are under soft embargo. Uh, Of course, they haven't published their accounts. They've delayed doing those. So that's going to be end of April, beginning of May. Uh, And so... They're, you know, they're perfectly well within their rights to do that, and that's what they, the action that they've taken. And the, the club have looked at that, obviously, behind the scenes and thought that that is the 
best course of action. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday, they did sign three players on transfer deadline day uh, in January, and as we know. And so I, I, right now, I am expecting, uh, unless things change dramatically, and we know that there's going to be a big turnover of the squad in the summer with the players that are out of contract, uh, and I don't really believe for one minute that Steve Bruce would have come to Sheffield Wednesday unless he was given assurances that he is going to be able to wheel and deal. Um, and so yeah. uh, Steve Bruce will have come in and and he knows exactly what the situation is with PNS. And so I find that reassuring. And so whatever he's got to work with, and he's been at other clubs where they've had financial troubles or difficulties, he's so experienced and such an experienced op- operator that he'll be able to deal with whatever comes his way. Okay. Um, I've got a question for you. See whether or not you get this right. Uh, which current Sheffield Wednesday player has scored the most goals for the club? Oh, I've already seen this. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. No, you didn't. You weren't going to fool me with this. I, I, do you know what? If I hadn't seen the tweet uh, a day or two ago, then I I probably would have got it wrong, but it's Atty New Year. It is Atty New Year. 45? 42 goals. Uh, credit to uh, Lee Fisher on uh, Twitter who posted this the other day. So, um, can I just mention on that, on, on goals, uh, I actually thought it was interesting that with, that was Stephen Fletcher's 100th appearance, of course, for Wednesday against Blackburn. 24 goals. So he's literally a one-in-four man. And really, for the type of striker is, yep. I think that's not a bad return at all. So it just, it just shows you that you, it's all about who you play alongside him, really. A lot of those games he's not been fit as well, so you can rule a lot of those out where, where he's played, but you can just tell, you're looking at him thinking, it doesn't look right. Um, thankfully, long time since we've um, seen that, um, that Stephen Fletcher. Uh, right then, on to Alpinions. Every week we ask for your views on something Sheffield Wednesday. Could be something current, something past, something completely random. Uh, last week was uh, Nancy's choice. Uh, really nice to have her here last week, by the way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she was great. I yeah, she did back well. to the show, yes. Um, so we got talking about uh, Wednesday players going away on international duty. Because there was a bit of a little bit of hoo-ha about Stephen Fletcher. Uh, was it Chris Sutton that said, oh, I hope he never plays for Scotland again? Darren because, Fletcher too, I think. Yeah, there, there, couple, there were a couple of pundits out there. Yeah. So we asked you whether or not you are a fan of seeing Wednesday players away on international duty, or would you rather wrap them up in cotton wool, keep them at home? Uh, are you a big no to Wednesday players going away on international duty? It's pretty close, actually. 54% of people saying no, they will prefer to keep them at home and avoid the risk of more injuries. I suspect that this vote has probably been influenced by our experience over the last two or three seasons with with um, injuries. Some great comments about this. Uh, Mark Younger, uh, I think probably sums it up here, says he used to like seeing it, but now would rather wrap our players up in cotton wool. Dave agrees with that. Uh, Matt says, good to see players get recognition, but he'd sooner have them tucked away. Uh, Simon Hughes says, great to see Wednesday players in international shirts, great for the club, and raises our profile. Who can forget the 90s team, he says. Uh, internationals right throughout the squad, uh, and made the sometimes boring international games a little more interesting. Good point about that in the 90s. You remember David Hurst? Score 
scoring for England. Um, and that was, I can't remember the year, but I remember um, watching the highlights of that game. I think it was England against New Zealand or Australia, watching the highlights with my dad. Back in the days where you could actually like wait till the game's finished and watch the highlights that evening and not know the score in advance. Like you would have no way of finding out that score yeah, other yeah. than uh, actually watching the uh, the highlights back. So, I meant um, to ask yeah. you, by the way, that, uh, are we allowed to vote ourselves on this poll? Uh, I voted. I did as well. Uh, I voted no. So did I. Ah, there we go. I was going to ask what your opinions are on it. Um, right then, on to this week's Al Opinions. And um, it, it it's a tad doom, but... Right, doom claxon. The, there is, there's logic to this. I was watching the uh, the second of the England games in the uh, international break, which were both brilliant, by the way. Oh. How good is it watching England now? It's amazing, I, I've isn't never, it? It's a joy. I, I've, uh, sometimes I've, there's been England games on and I've not even known. I've been that disinterested that someone's like, oh, yeah, England are winning. I'm like, oh, I didn't realise they were playing. Um, so much different now. Um, but, yes, it was mentioned... Jordan Henderson made his, I think it was his 50th appearance, um, and his first appearance was the same time that a couple of other players made their debut for England, including Jay Bothroyd made his debut for England the same game as Jordan Henderson, which is just like, wow. Because Jay Bothroyd, let's be fair, he was pretty rubbish for Wednesday. And it got me thinking um, about, I mean, we've had some... We've had some good players over the years, but we've had some really bad signings. So I'm after your suggestion for worst Wednesday signing. Can be a permanent or can be a loan. So it's pretty much the worst player that you've seen in a Wednesday shirt. Um, I've got a feeling you might know who I'm going to say here. Oh, oh, now I've I've forgotten. Um, I had it to... Oh, you mentioned it. I mentioned it the other week, didn't I? I know who it is. I I've got it on the basis of the fact that it came with so much promise and it's just a nothing. I've got to say I'm an Abde. I've got it. It's just it's just got to be. It's just it's just done. He I, I I can't. I remember the goal at Forest. That's it. That's all I've got for a player that came with so much um, so much promise. Who's um, who's your thoughts on this? Well, I was going to go with Abde. So you've now taken that one. Away Sorry, the were the weren't there were some poor buys. I have to say in and around the. Dave Jones here and Jay Boffoid would definitely be high up, up there. there isn't it? Martin Taylor wasn't oh, good God, either. Yeah. It was another one that came um, with great reputation. Yeah, he was at Birmingham. He was really good. You know, yeah, strong, rugged, loved commanding. Him. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he really was. He really was. Poor. He found it difficult. I remember. Yeah. Uh, oh, he was. He was getting booed at in a home game. I'm, can't remember what match it was, but I, I remember it explicitly that, yeah, he had an absolute stinker uh, and he was getting pelters from the crowd. And, yeah, yeah and, and uh, he didn't have a good time in a Wednesday shirt at all. But, yeah, so. there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of ones to go at, yeah. I have to say. So, so um, yeah, you can go absolutely crazy with this one, guys. Uh, who is your worst Wednesday signing? Join in the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions. Uh, Twitter details on the way in a minute. Tell us what you think. We will mention some of your thoughts next Friday. I've got a feeling we'll get some good ones for uh, for this. Uh, we'll set a new Alpinions next week for your input as well. Um, that is just about it. Thank you for joining us. You can catch Dom on Twitter at Domhausen. I am at James Marriott. You can contact the show at Dom and James. As ever, do let us have your feedback on the show. We appreciate your reviews. And please subscribe to us in your podcast app of choice to make sure that you get the new episode of Singing the Blues every week. Uh, one quick word here, keep an eye out for Singing the Blues stickers. There will be uh, You'll be seeing them cropping up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, up the owls, and we will see you next Friday. Yeah.